Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for November 26, 2022, Saturday reading of the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Club Q Owner Shooting Comes Amid a New Type of Hate by Jesse Bedane. Cultural Cornucopia African Center Hosts Annual Refugee Thanksgiving Paused by Pandemic by Karina Julig. Activists call for answers regarding death of asylum seeker at Aurora GEO Detention Center by Karina Julig. Editorial The Election is Over. Colorado's Problems Remain, Get On It, by Centennial Editorial Board, and following up with miscellaneous articles. Club Q Owner, Shooting Comes Amid a New Type of Hate, by Jesse Bedane, Associated Press, Report for America, November 24, 2022. Colorado Springs The co-owner of the Colorado Springs Gay Nightclub where a shooter turned a drag queen's birthday celebration into a massacre said he thinks the shooting that killed five people and injured 17 others is a reflection of anti-LGBTQ sentiment that has evolved from prejudice to incitement. Nick Gerzeka's voice was tinged with exhaustion as he spoke with the Associated Press on Wednesday night in some of his first comments since Saturday night's attack at Club Q, a venue Gerzeka helped build into an enclave that sustained the LGBTQ community in conservative-leaning Colorado Springs. Authorities haven't said why the suspect opened fire at the club before being subdued into submission by patrons, but they are facing hate crime charges. The suspect, Anderson Lee Aldrich, 22, has not entered a plea or spoken about the incident. Gerzeka said he believes the targeting of a drag queen event is connected to the art form being cast in a false light in recent months by right-wing activists and politicians who complain about the, quote, sexualization, unquote, or, quote, grooming, unquote, of children. Even though general acceptance of the LGBTQ community has grown, this new dynamic has fostered a dangerous climate. Quote, It's different to walk down the street holding my boyfriend's hand and getting spit at, as opposed to a politician relating a drag queen to a groomer of their children. Unquote, Gerzeka said. Quote, I would rather be spit on in the street than the hate get as bad as where we are today. Unquote. Earlier this year, Florida's Republican-dominated legislator passed a bill barring teachers from discussing gender identity or sexual orientation with younger students. A month later, references to, quote, pedophiles, unquote, and, quote, grooming, unquote, in relation to LGBTQ people rose 400%, according to a report by the Human Rights Campaign. Quote, Lying about our community and making them into something they are not creates a different type of hate, unquote, said Gerzeka. 
Grzecka, who started mopping floors and bartending at Club Q in 2003, a year after it opened, said he hopes to channel his grief and anger into figuring out how to rebuild the support system for Colorado Springs LGBTQ community that only Club Q had provided. City and state officials have offered support, and President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden reached out to Grzecka and co-owner Matthew Haynes on Thursday to offer condolences and reiterate their support for the community as well as their commitment to fighting back against hate and gun violence. Grzecka said Club Q opened after the only other gay bar in Colorado Springs at that time shuttered. He described that era as an evolution of gay bars. Decades ago, dingy, hole-in-the-wall gay venues were meant largely for finding a hookup or date, said Grzecka. But he said once the internet offered anonymous ways to find love online, the bars transitioned into well-lit, clean, non-smoking spaces to hang out with friends. Club Q was at the vanguard of that transition. Once he became co-owner in 2014, Grzecka helped mold Club Q into not merely a nightlife venue but a community center, a platform to create a, quote, chosen family, unquote, for LGBTQ people, especially for those estranged from their birth family. Drag queen bingo nights, friendsgiving, and Christmas dinners Birthday celebrations became staples of Club Q, which was open 365 days a year. In the aftermath of the shooting, with that community center having been torn away, Gerzeka and other community leaders said they are channeling grief and anger into reconstituting the support structure that only Club Q had offered. Quote, when that system goes away, you realize how much more the bar was really providing, unquote, said Justin Byrne, an organizer with Pike's Peak Pride. Quote, those that may or may not have been a part of the Club Q family, where do they go? Unquote. Byrne said the shooting pulled back a curtain on a broader lack of resources for LGBTQ adults in Colorado Springs. Byrne, Gerzeka, and others are working with national organizations to do an assessment of the community's need as they develop a blueprint to offer a robust support network. Gerzeka is looking to rebuild the, quote, loving culture, unquote, and necessary support to, quote, make sure that this tragedy is turned into the best thing it can be for the city. Everybody needs community, unquote, he said. Jesse Bedane is a core member for the Associated Press slash Report for America State House News Initiative. Report for America is a nonprofit national service program that places journalists in local newsrooms to report on undercovered issues. Cultural Cornucopia African Center hosts annual refugee Thanksgiving paused by pandemic. By Karina Julig, Sentinel Colorado Staff Writer, November 24, 2022. Aurora. Curry, naan, rice palaf, and baklava probably aren't on most people's plates for Thanksgiving dinner, but those were some of the options being served up Monday night at the Summit Event Center in Aurora. 
The EDCD African Community Center's 17th Annual Refugee Thanksgiving brought together newly arrived refugees and humanitarian parolees from across the globe to experience what for many is their first American Thanksgiving. It was the first time the event had been held since the pandemic started, which made it particularly special. Refugee resettlement isn't something that can be done remotely, said ACC Development Manager Maria Ferrier, so the lack of opportunities to build community was a challenge. The ACC reached out via email and phone to all the people it's worked with in the past three years to invite them to the dinner, she said. Between two dinner shifts, over 900 dinner guests and volunteers participated. The dinner included traditional staples such as turkey, mashed potatoes, and green beans, including halal options, and ethnic food from a variety of cultures. Half the food was prepared by volunteers by different faith groups, and the rest was catered by businesses owned by immigrants and refugees, including Zin Zin's Burmese cuisine, Jabena Ethiopian Coffee and Culture, and the Cuban Coffee Break. The Highlands Ranch Steak of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Downtown Denver Islamic Center were two of the religious groups that had volunteered. Traditional Thanksgiving fare from the LDS and chicken kebabs, rice, and salad from the Islamic Center. Imam Muhammad Khalida said that the Islamic Center has been volunteering at the dinner since 2018 and was glad to be back post-pandemic. Their offerings appear to be popular with guests. Quote, I think we're running out of food, unquote, he said. Alexei Kalisnikov, who photographed the event for the ACC, is a former client of the center. A native of Belarus, which has been controlled by dictator Alexander Lukashenko since 1994. Kalisnikov and his family moved to the U.S. in 2016 because he wanted his children to have more opportunities. Quote, ACC was a great support when we arrived, unquote, he said. Anit Kuerala, the DJ, also had a connection to the ACC. Kuerala and his family arrived in the U.S. in 2012 from Nepal where they had been living in a camp for Bhutanese refugee camp for his entire life. He was part of the first cohort of the ACC's college preparedness program for refugee youth and graduated recently from CU Boulder. He's been DJing the dinner for the past five years, which he said he always looks forward to. On Monday, he was using YouTube to queue up a selection of songs in English, Arabic, Swahili, Burmese, and other languages from around the world. Quote, it's always a fun experience when people come to you and say, hey, can you play my country's song? Unquote, he said. Before leaving, each refugee family received a bag of toiletry gifts and a bag of groceries, which were assembled by volunteers. Match Grant caseworker Anne Hanel said toiletries were selected because they can't be purchased using food stamps, which many families are on when they first arrive and are searching for work.
Now that the event is over, Hanal said that there are still plenty of ways community members can help out new arrivals. The ACC has options for individuals and groups to volunteer with refugees, and it accepts certain new and used items, including kitchenware and furniture in good condition. It also has a goal of raising $45,000 by Colorado Gives Day on December 6th. With the number of people the ACC is currently working with, Hanel said the support is more important than ever. Quote, we're getting a lot of people this year, unquote, she said. After years of low resettlement numbers during the Trump administration, the amount of people the ACC has helped has skyrocketed over the past year, in part due to the fall of the Afghanistan government last year and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The majority of people the ACC currently is helping resettle are from Ukraine, Cuba, and Afghanistan, Development Manager Maria Ferrier said. In the 2022 past fiscal year, the ACC helped resettle more people than it had in the four previous fiscal years before than combined, Ferrier said. The increase has been both stressful and rewarding. Quote, it was challenging, but we were really happy to play a role, unquote, she said. Activists call for answers regarding death of asylum seeker at Aurora GEO Detention Center by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, November 23, 2022. Aurora A group gathered outside of the GEO Immigrant Detention Center in Aurora Tuesday evening to call for justice for the Nicaraguan asylum seeker who died last month. Melvin Ariel Calero Mendoza, 39, died October 14th at University of Colorado Hospital, according to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Over a month later, little information has been released about what happened to him, including his cause of death, what medical care he received inside the facility, and what emergency medical service agency responded. An autopsy from the Adams County Coroner is pending. Jennifer Piper, a program director for the American Friends Service Committee, said during the gathering that Calero Mendoza's death is indicative of the unsafe conditions at the detention center, including an inadequate number of medical professionals on staff. Quote, We're consistently concerned about the safety of detainees inside the facility both their physical and their mental health, unquote, Piper told the Sentinel. Calero Mendoza had been at the facility since May 2nd, according to ICE. He was apprehended by U.S. Border Patrol April 13th and was at the Aurora facility awaiting completion of his removal proceedings. On October 5th, a judge with the Executive Office of Immigration Review ordered Calero Mendoza's removal and denied all relief. A 30-day period was granted before removal to accommodate any potential appeals. GEO Group Inc. is a privately owned company which operates prisons and detention centers across the country, including a number of immigration detention facilities.
Its Aurora location has been the target of frequent criticism from immigration and civil rights groups over its treatment of detainees. Calero Mendoza is the third person to die at the facility in nearly four decades. In 2019, the ACLU of Colorado filed a lawsuit against the company for the wrongful death of Kamyar Simimi, an Iranian immigrant who died in the Aurora Detention Center in 2017. A separate class action lawsuit is ongoing, alleging that GEO practices amount to forced labor of detainees and violate Colorado federal labor laws. The complaint, first filed in 2014, alleged that detainees who refused to work for little or no pay were threatened with solitary confinement. Similar lawsuits have been filed in other states. In a 2015 statement to the Business and Human Rights Resource Center, GEO Group called claims that detainees have been retaliated against or coerced to work, quote, baseless and demonstrably false, unquote. Quote, when it built and expanded the Aurora Detention Facility, GEO promised to create hundreds of quality jobs in Aurora, unquote. The initial class action lawsuit filing said, quote, However, GEO unlawfully uses detainees to clean, maintain, and operate the facility. GEO pays detainees $1 per day or no wages at all for their labor. In 2013, the GEO Group, Inc. reported $1.52 billion in total revenues, unquote. Just days after Calero Mendoza's death, a federal judge ruled that the lawsuit could go forward, rejecting claims from GEO that it was shielded from this suit by federal laws about government contractors. Since 2019, Aurora Congressman Jason Crow's office has been conducting regular visits to the facility and publishes weekly reports about the detention center. The most recent report, published November 11th, said that there are currently 802 people detained at the Aurora facility. The report said that the facility employs one medical doctor, two physician assistants, eight registered nurses and seven LPNs, two psychologists, four telepsychiatrists, one social worker, and eight other medical and dental staff. Crow has advocated for the closure of all for-profit immigration detention centers, including the Aurora GEO facility. At the vigil this week, Piper and immigrant rights activist Jeanette Vizguerra read a statement from Calero Mendoza's sister, Adelia Calero Mendoza, in English and Spanish. In her statement, she said that the family has not received an adequate explanation from ICE about how her brother died and that they have also not been contacted by the Nicaraguan consulate, which is responsible for repatriating Calero Mendoza's body despite repeated attempts to contact them. Quote, this is so very painful and I want a real explanation from ICE and from the jail where he was being detained because I feel there was a lot of harm done to him given the way my brother died, unquote, the statement said. 
Adelia Calero Mendoza is being represented by a team at the University of Denver Sturm College of Law's Immigration Law and Policy Clinic. The speakers said they were calling on Congress and President Biden to shut down immigrant detention facilities and to pass legislation giving people a pathway to citizenship. Quote, it's not only about Mr. Calero Mendoza, unquote, Piper said at the vigil. Quote, this is about the hundreds of people who face similar neglect and devastating consequences on their lives, unquote. The vigil closed with activists setting up a small altar outside the GEO facility to replace one that had been previously taken down while the song, quote, Imagine, unquote, by John Lennon played, which Viz Guerrero said was dedicated to Calero Mendoza along with the victims of the shooting at Club Q. Quote, no one should have to fear for their life or be hated for who they are, unquote, she said. Editorial. The election is over. Colorado's problems remain. Get on it. By Sentinel Editorial Board. November 23, 2022. There's no time for partisan praise nor penance in Colorado. The election is over and Republican candidates were decimated in elections across the state. It wasn't surprising in any way. GOP hopefuls across the spectrum focused on stoking fears about crime, the economy, and assorted conspiracy theories without offering any real or practical solutions. The voting public wasn't fooled by candidates promising a safer state by reenacting so-called, quote, tough on crime, unquote, laws and policies. Neighboring states controlled by Republicans have the same crime, economy, and dismal education problems we have in Colorado. The challenge for Colorado's Democratic leaders now is to work with remaining Republicans to make good on promises to find working solutions, not soundbites, to the plethora of problems facing the state. They must do this with the solid understanding that congressional gridlock will be as bad as it has been for more than a decade or even worse. It's bad news for all Americans, including those in Colorado. Critical issues such as immigration, health care, opioid overdoses, women's health rights, inflation, and the pandemic are federal problems being dumped onto states because partisan poutfests clog the Congress. Governor Jared Polis and recent past legislators have been successful in making inroads against some of the more serious issues facing the state, but there is much work to do. Polis has been successful in leading the state into full-day, free kindergarten, and providing some free preschool options to all families. Here is where cooperation with the Federal Head Start Program and legislation matching employee daycare and preschool benefits could leverage that into state programs, making meaningful differences to every family and giving every child a true head start in their education. The health care system in Colorado, like those across the nation, is sick and corrupt, especially in rural Colorado. While state lawmakers and polis have successfully helped people without Medicaid, 
Medicare, or employer-provided benefits find better options on the state health insurance exchange. Healthcare in Colorado is nowhere close to being affordable or adequate. Massive mistakes were made when the 2010 Affordable Care Act was created by Congress. The legislation failed to regulate the industry, allowing it to greedily hike hidden prices and hide even greater costs to consumers with massive copays and out-of-pocket perks created for insurance companies. And Congress failed to create meaningful antitrust measures and a so-called, quote, public option, unquote, to act as a real market force to counter generations of monopoly and industry collusion. The result is a medical system that offers, quote, free, unquote, annual checkups, can't cancel coverage for cancer patients, but costs hundreds of times what better coverage and care is available all over the Western world. While Colorado's own, quote, public option, unquote, is coming, legislators must do more to intervene in a system that clearly has no limits in how much it can charge for health care, no matter how little the system actually provides. Likewise, it's welcome news that Polis in his 2023 budget proposal is asking lawmakers for more money for state colleges in an effort to stem seemingly endless tuition hikes. It's not enough, however, to hope to keep, quote, most, unquote, of expected tuition hikes under check. State lawmakers should convene a special committee to find ways to force colleagues to throw unaffordable expenses overboard and restore affordable higher education to the state. Rather than charge students what colleges deem they need, the state must set a fair price for state school tuition and require colleges and state lawmakers to determine how they will meet that goal. Tuition alone for most four-year state colleges is approaching $7,000 a year. Living expenses push past $12,000 a year easily. University of Colorado at Boulder tuition is about $11,000 a year. Few things provide greater equity among everyone in Colorado than does education. Making this critical option available to all state residents is imperative. Also, crime and opioid drug addiction are problems polis and state lawmakers can work to provide solutions, not just rhetoric. Clearly, ineffective, quote, tough on crime, unquote, notions ditched after the 1980s and currently touted by many Republicans, are useless. States that hand out harsh sentences, little parole, and actually encourage the public to carry handguns have the same theft, drug, and gun violence problems as do Aurora and much of Colorado. What does work to actually prevent crime, not just prosecute it, are education, community involvement, engaged schools, and valid diversion programs. Providing police with resources to identify stolen vehicles and technology for cars to be clearly tagged and labeled as stolen won't just reshuffle a dysfunctional criminal justice program in hopes of a different outcome. 
Similarly, if the federal government is unable to provide resources to stem the spread of illicit and illegal opioids, state, regional, and even neighboring state officials must work to interrupt the sources of these drugs. Colorado must improve ways to provide education and treatment to address the real impact of this addiction scourge, being realistic that addicts can't just choose to quit using and then make it happen. While all the misinformation, delusion, and distraction of the election are gone for now, the real problems in Colorado aren't. It's time for those elected to work together to provide real solutions now. RTD R-Line to reopen Aurora section months after second derailment by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, November 22, 2022. Aurora a four-mile segment of the Regional Transportation District's R-Line will reopen to the public next week, more than two months after the train derailed in Central Aurora, agency representatives said in a statement. The affected section of light rail track, running between the Aurora Metro Center and the 13th Avenue Station, has been closed since September. RTD offered bus transportation from one station to the other for about a month after the derailment, before discontinuing the bus bridge at the end of October. Quote, I do not take lightly the disruption and inconvenience this service outage has caused for individuals who rely on the R-Line on a daily basis. Unquote. The agency's general manager and CEO, Deborah Johnson, told the Aurora City Council while delivering an update on Monday. Quote, Should a similar service disruption occur in the future, I submit to you that RTD will strive to engage in a more robust communication and collaborative effort with municipal and county officials and stakeholders to educate and inform them regarding the timelines, processes, and regulatory requirements related to the safe and complete restoration of transit services." Unquote. Since opening to the public in 2017, the R-Line has experienced derailments twice at Exposition Avenue and Sable Boulevard. In January 2019, a light rail operator took the 90-degree bend too quickly, derailing the train and injuring multiple people, including a woman whose leg was severed when she fell out of a door. Then, on September 21st of this year, the train again derailed, injuring three passengers and damaging a power pole. Police surveillance video shows the train tipping and jumping the track as it tried to navigate the curve, appearing to slow down only a little if at all, though the speed limit on the track requires drivers to slow from a maximum speed of 35 miles per hour on the straightaway to no more than 10 miles per hour at the turn. When Councilmember Steven Sundberg asked Johnson whether the derailment was due to, quote, human error, unquote, and whether the operator of the train was traveling too fast, she replied that the answers to his questions were part of the confidential report, but that, in light of the video, 
it was, quote, easy to surmise that speed was involved, unquote. In a news release, the agency described the details of a corrective action plan provided by the Colorado Public Utilities Commission on November 16th that includes changes meant to slow trains at Exposition and Sable. The plan would require trains to stop before passing through the intersection, and the speed limit on the track approaching the bend would be reduced from 35 to 25 miles per hour. Johnson said RTD has also conducted more training focused on following speed limits across its light rail system, and that training specifically focusing on the intersection at Exposition and Sable would take place before the line reopens. Commission staff also recommended that more information be gathered regarding proposals by the agency to add signage ahead of the curve and move a radar sign farther north of the intersection to give more advanced warning. The agency said in the release that it would return to the commission with that information by the end of the year. RTD said in the release the affected section of the R-Line is scheduled to reopen during the week of November 28th. On Monday, Johnson told the council that the line would reopen, quote, once regulatory and safety milestones are met, unquote. Quote, safety is paramount for public transit agencies, unquote, she said. Quote, my team and I continue to coordinate with the Colorado Public Utilities Commission and City of Aurora officials to comply with state and federal regulatory oversight requirements, to implement training measures, and to complete infrastructure enhancements to minimize the likelihood of an event such as the September 21, 2022 incident from recurring." Unquote. When asked by Mayor Mike Kaufman about the status of the agency's report on the investigation into the cause of the September 21st incident, Johnson said the document was still being withheld from the public due to state regulations. She told Councilmember Juan Marcano that it was up to the Colorado Public Utilities Commission to make decisions about releasing the record. The commission did not immediately return a phone message Tuesday. Aurora Schools Agencies Offer Mental Health Support in Wake of Mass Shooting at Colorado Springs LGBTQ Club by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, November 21, 2022. Aurora Aurora's two school districts and the Community College of Aurora sent out messages encouraging students to take advantage of mental health resources if they are struggling in the aftermath of the shooting that killed five and injured over two dozen at an LGBTQ club in Colorado Springs early Sunday morning. The attack is the latest in the spate of mass shootings that Colorado has endured, including a shooting at a Boulder King Supers last year that killed 10 and the Aurora Theater shooting 10 years ago that claimed 12 lives. 
As news of the attack at Club Q rolled in early Sunday morning, it provoked a fresh round of grief and anger among the state's residents. The news was particularly painful for the state's LGBTQ community, many of whom had expressed concern at an increase in anti-gay and anti-transgender rhetoric from the political right during the midterm elections. Quote, the shooting at Club Q is a symptom of the hate that we as LGBTQ people still face. I'm heartbroken, unquote, said Aurora City Councilmember Allison Coombs in a tweet Sunday. In a message posted to the district's website, APS Superintendent Rico Munn said that it is, quote, difficult to process that our state is now dealing with another horrific mass shooting. Unquote. Quote, this loss is heartbreaking, and we know that many of you and your students may be struggling with news of this attack, Unquote, he said. Quote, the police investigation is just starting, so we do not yet know the motive, but we know this is a community often attacked because of hate and that this event regardless of motive, will cause pain and hurt. As we all struggle with emotions stemming from this event, please know that Aurora Public Schools is here to support our students, staff, and families. Unquote. He encouraged students to take advantage of the district's mental health resources and provided links to several LGBTQ plus specific resources, including the Trevor Project. Quote, as a community, we all must reach out during challenging times like these and support each other, unquote, Mun said. Quote, please know that we support you and will continue to care for you, unquote. On Monday, Cherry Creek Schools Superintendent Chris Smith sent out a letter to district families where he described the shooting as, quote, a senseless act of violence, unquote. Quote, our hearts and thoughts are with the friends and families of the victims of this horrific shooting and the LGBTQ plus community at large, unquote, he said. Smith reiterated the district's commitment to diversity and equity and shared links to PFLAG Denver and the Center on Callfax, as well as several mental health hotlines. Quote, Cherry Creek Schools stands with our LGBTQ plus students, staff, and community members, unquote, he said. Quote, we will not tolerate hateful speech or actions against LGBTQ plus individuals in our schools. My message for LGBTQ plus members of our CCSD community is this. You are valued. You matter. You are loved. You belong here. Unquote. The Community College of Aurora also published a statement encouraging students and staff to use the college's mental health and counseling resources if they are struggling. Quote, Today, the Community College of Aurora mourns with the members of the LGBTQIA community. Unquote. The statement said, Quote, Last night, an armed gunman entered Club Q in Colorado Springs 
killing 5 and critically injuring 18. While information is still forthcoming, we can, however, recognize this is yet another senseless killing driven by hate. Unquote. Veterans Affairs said that it is offering same-day access to mental health clinics at the Rocky Mountain Regional VA Medical Center in Aurora and peer support specialists and hosting information booths to connect veterans to relevant services. Elected officials in the Aurora area reacted to the shooting Sunday on social media, expressing sympathy for the victims as well as frustration that yet another mass shooting had taken place in Colorado. Incoming interim Aurora Police Chief Art Acevedo described the shooting as, quote, heartbreaking, unquote and encourage residents to report suspicious behavior to the police. Quote, We must commit to combating gun violence and hate in every form in a thoughtful and comprehensive manner, unquote, he said. Quote, Praying for all, unquote. The department's bias-motivated crime detective can be reached at 303-627. 3100 or by email at stophate at auroragov.org. On Twitter, City Council Member Danielle Jurinsky questioned why the suspect had not been incarcerated prior to the shooting. Quote, I'd like to know why the Colorado justice system continues to fail us. Unquote. Jurinsky said in a tweet, along with a photo of a news release from the 2021 incident. Quote, One year ago, this guy was booked into the El Paso County Jail for two counts of felony menacing and three counts of first-degree kidnapping. Why was this guy roaming free last night and not behind bars? Unquote. According to reporting from the Associated Press and other outlets, in June of 2021, the shooter allegedly threatened his mother with a homemade bomb, prompting an evacuation of the surrounding houses while a bomb squad arrived. Despite that, the AP said there was no record of prosecutors moving forward with any of the charges he was arrested on. A later report indicates the shooting suspect avoided Colorado's so-called, quote, red flag law, unquote intended to remove guns from criminals and others considered dangerous. Aurora politician Tom Sullivan, whose son Alex was killed in the Aurora Theater shooting and who sponsored the state's 2019 red flag law, told the AP the incident should have been a wake-up call. Quote, We need heroes beforehand. Parents. Co-workers. Friends who are seeing someone go down this path, unquote, Sullivan told the AP, quote, this should have alerted them, put him on their radar, unquote. A number of commemorations are planned across the region, including a candlelight vigil at Denver's LGBTQ nightclub Tracks at 7 p.m. on Monday. The state has activated the Colorado Healing Fund in response to the shooting. 
where individuals can donate online to support the victim's short- and long-term support. Other Aurora Area Comment Congressman Jason Crow Quote, Horrific situation in Colorado Springs. I'm thinking of all victims and their families and will continue monitoring the situation. These attacks must stop. My heart is with our LGBTQ plus community as we all reel from this violence. Unquote. State Senator Rhonda Fields. Quote, Last night's attack on Club Q in Colorado Springs was a senseless attack on a safe space for the LGBTQ plus community. My thoughts go out to the victims and their families. On Transgender Day of Remembrance, we must root out all forms of transphobia and homophobia hatred. No community should ever have to endure horrific acts of violence. We must end gun violence in Colorado for all. Unquote. State Representative Eamon Joda. Quote, These shootings are not senseless. These are calculated acts by people whose purpose is to intentionally inflict violence. If we don't find airtight gun violence prevention policies, I'm afraid we are continuing to give permission for these massacres to keep happening. Unquote. State Representative Mandy Lindsay Quote, I woke up to the devastating news out of Colorado Springs that five people were killed and 18 injured in yet another mass shooting, this one targeting the LGBTQ community. I am heartbroken and furious. It is the hate speech, and it is the guns, unquote. Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman, quote, Late last night, there was a terrible tragedy in Colorado Springs. A mass shooting occurred in an LGBTQ-friendly nightclub where a lone gunman got inside of the Q Club and started indiscriminately shooting. So far, it has been reported that five were killed and dozens were injured. The city council and I approved of sending a letter of support to go out to Colorado Springs, and APD Chief Dan Oates has reached out to his counterpart in Colorado Springs to see if there is any specific assistance that we can provide. Unquote. Aurora City Councilmember Curtis Gardner. Quote, our society shouldn't tolerate a hate-driven attack on the LGBTQ community. We should be better. Too many in power encourage attacks like this by treating others with hate rather than love. No one should be targeted for who they love, the color of their skin, or any other reason. Unquote. Aurora City Council Member Danielle Jurinsky Quote, devastating news out of Colorado Springs this morning. My thoughts are with the victims and my prayers are for peace. Unquote. Aurora City Council Member Dustin Zvanik. Quote, heartbreaking news of more senseless violence. Sending thoughts and prayers to all who have been impacted. Unquote. Aurora Police Department. Quote, 
We are sending love and support to the LGBTQ plus community, CSPPIO and Colorado Springs. We won't tolerate crimes that are perpetrated against someone because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Please continue to be vigilant and report suspicious or bias-motivated activity immediately." Unquote. Incoming Interim Aurora Police Chief Art Acevedo, quote, The LGBTQIA community is all of our community and it includes family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and every segment of society. Please know that we stand with you today tomorrow, and always. Please report suspicious activity or threats to the police. Hashtag safer together. Unquote. Arapahoe County Commissioner-Elect Jessica Campbell Swanson. Quote, Attacking marginalized communities with hate and violence is pointless. It has not and will not achieve its goal. It is a cowardly, ignorant act that results in the tragic death and injury of innocent people for nothing. Unquote. CCA President Mordecai Brown Lee. Quote, this morning, our institution mourns for the lives taken and the individuals impacted by last night's horrific shooting. Hatred has no place in our communities and certainly not at the Community College of Aurora. Our diversity and commitment to inclusion and belonging is what makes us stronger. Unquote. Bob Dorshimer, CEO of Mile High Behavioral Health. Quote, I am frankly shocked and saddened to wake up yet again to horrible news and more traumatic news of a hateful act of violence against the rainbow community I'm a proud member of. No community should ever have to endure this horrible act of violence. The Mile High Behavioral Healthcare community is deeply saddened by this senseless act and stands in solidarity with our Colorado Springs community. Unquote. RSV cases may have peaked locally, Children's Hospital Colorado says, by Karina Julig. Sentinel Staff Writer, November 22, 2022, Aurora. Local healthcare officials believe that the number of children who need hospitalization for RSV may have peaked and will hopefully start to decrease, according to a Tuesday afternoon news conference from Children's Hospital Colorado. Quote, our optimistic hope is in the next few weeks we see a pretty significant decline in the number of cases of RSV, unquote. Said Dr. Kevin Cardney, Associate Chief Medical Officer at Children's Hospital, Colorado. However, he cautioned that right now pediatric beds are still extremely full and that it will continue to be a very busy cold and flu season. The press conference was an update from an earlier conference the hospital and the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment held to discuss the state of RSV. 
a respiratory virus that primarily affects very young children in the region. Along with places across the country, Colorado has seen an early and severe RSV season compared to normal years due to what healthcare officials believe are changes in disease transmission due to the pandemic. According to data tracked by the CDPHE, since October 1st, there have been 895 hospitalizations for RSV in the five-county Denver metro region and 255 documented outbreaks at schools and child care facilities. On Tuesday, Carney said that the hospital is continuing to function at 100% capacity at all units, and its emergency department continues to have long wait times. The anticipated decline was a source of hope, but he said that he still expects emergency departments and inpatient units to be, quote, very busy, unquote, for the next several months. He encouraged families to continue to be vigilant and to wash their hands, stay home if they are sick, and to consider wearing masks if they are in crowded indoor spaces. Brianne Price also spoke at the news conference about the experience her family had when her six-month-old daughter Lily was hospitalized with RSV at the beginning of November. Lily was born six weeks prematurely, which put her at increased risk for the disease, Price said. After she initially got sick, including having labored breathing, which is considered a warning sign for the illness, the family went to Children's South Campus location in Highlands Ranch. After a several-hour wait in the emergency department, she was diagnosed with RSV. The family then went home, but after Lily got worse, they went back to the emergency department the next day. She was transferred by ambulance to the main campus, where a bed had opened up and spent three nights in the hospital. Price, whose husband is a paramedic, said it was difficult to see her daughter back on oxygen because it brought back the time she spent in the NICU right after birth. However, she said she was glad the family was aware of the warning signs and that she was able to get the treatment she needed to recover. Quote, I was thankful we were in a place that was going to take really good care of Lily, unquote, Price said. More information is available at cdphe.colorado.gov forward slash flu hyphen RSV and www.childrenscolorado.org forward slash RSV info. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.